Good evening. Thank you for coming out tonight as we talk about reading the Bible repetitiously. That doesn't sound like a very intriguing and exciting topic, does it? Reading the Bible repetitiously. What we're really talking about tonight is a long-term approach to lasting Bible study. Now that sounds a little bit more appealing. A long-term approach to lasting Bible study. Nate Pickowitz has written a little book that I've read that's called How to Eat Your Bible. Uh, He developed, if you think this is long-term, he developed a long-term approach where he has in his book a seven-year Bible reading plan. He said you can read through the New Testament, each book in the New Testament, 30 times over a period of three years. And you can read through every book of the Old Testament 15 times over a period of seven years. Or, I'm sorry, four years. So, he develops this long seven-year Bible reading plan. Now, listen, I'm not asking you to join me on a seven-year journey. I'm asking you simply to read a single book of the New Testament, Monday through Friday, for the rest of this month. I really believe that learning to love God's Word is possible. And it's doable. But we have to be intentional in what we do. Does that make sense? Learning to love God's Word is possible and it's doable, but we have to be intentional in what we do. So tonight, I want to talk to you about reading the Bible repetitiously. I want to give you some tips on reading the Bible for yourself, day by day, book by book. And I do want to acknowledge that I have read Nate Pickowitz's book and be using some of that, a little bit of that. Also an article from Jim Eliff called My Preferred Method of Bible Reading and my own stuff that I've combined all of that together to give you what I'm going to give you tonight. I want to start out before we get into looking at the Bible and looking at how do we do this reading the Bible repetitiously. I want to start out by giving you two words of caution. This might sound a little odd, especially the first one. But I think these are very important words of caution. And if you're taking notes, I'd ask you to make sure to write down these. Kind of the starting point. Let's start with some words of caution. Here's the first one. Number one, don't become prideful. Don't become prideful. You see, if you were to take every sin listed in the Bible and rank them according to God's hatred of that sin, pride would be at the top of the list according to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says that there are six or seven things that God hates, and the very top of the list is haughty eyes or pride. If the devil cannot keep you out of the Word of God, he will make you prideful that you're in the Word of God. He's going to do his best to make what you're doing useless to you. So, as you find yourself growing in your your knowledge of the Bible, as you find yourself growing in Love with the Scriptures. Guard yourself against pride. I'm just going to be real personal and real practical. There is no need to get on social media and post a picture of your well-marked Bible in your coffee cup with the tagline, humbled that I've read through 1 John for the 25th time this month. And the reason I say that, I I haven't looked, but I bet I've got one of those pictures on my social media accounts. I, I bet I do. I don't remember specifically, but I probably do, full confession. But I was reading through social media a year or so ago, and I was, I was struck by something. 
usually it would be humbled that I got to, humbled that we gave so much, humbled that we did this and that, and I thought to myself, how did we brag before we had Facebook? How did we brag before we had, you know, uh, Twitter and all of that? And so I've just made it a practice. I've asked the staff in the last year or so, I said, listen, when, we're, when we have this big offering, let's don't put on social media how much we took in and brag about it. Uh, you can put on social media that we met our goal or exceeded our goal. You don't even have to list what the goal is because we need to guard against pride in many, many areas of our lives. One of those areas is in the Bible, uh, is in your Bible reading. So read your Bible, study your Bible, learn your Bible, and I hope you will love your Bible. Just don't brag about it to everybody. All right? <clears throat> Number two, don't be ashamed. That's the second word of caution. First one is don't be prideful. Number two is don't be ashamed. If you find yourself struggling with this approach, don't be ashamed of that. It's okay. You're trying to find a way that you can better understand God's Word. And that is a good thing. And it may not work perfectly. But it's a good thing that, that you are working towards that goal. And you may not say at first, His words are sweeter than honey. That, you may not feel that. You may not find that. At least not at first. But don't get frustrated. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like, I just can't do this. If the devil can't get you prideful, then he'll at least discourage you as you try to read and learn and live God's Word. So let me encourage you for a second. God desires for you to know and to love His Word. And He desires for you to know and love His Word so much, He wrote it down. He wrote it down so that you could read it. So prepare your heart, stay humble, and just keep reading and rereading and let the book you have chosen feed your soul. <clears throat> now, what if I get bored? Well, hang on, I'm going to address that at the very end. Uh, that's the thing we will end with. I would just like to make sure that I say this before we get into how, how do you go about doing this. I said this this morning, but I do not want anybody to think, well, he thinks this is a better way. No, 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 no. I like the way you're reading your Bible if you're reading it every day. I really do. So, my suggestion is find what works for you and be dedicated and disciplined to reading and living God's Word every day. And if you're doing that chronologically, if you're doing doing that reading the Bible through the year, if you're just focused on one passage of Scripture and you're studying that for a while, however you're doing if you're reading the Bible consistently, you keep after it. But if you need some help, if you need a fresh approach, let me give you some simple suggestions for reading the Bible repetitiously. I have five or six of these depending on how much time we have. Simple suggestions for reading the Bible repetitiously. Here's the first one. And for a lot of these, we will go to Scripture, but this is not a Bible study tonight, okay? But I will give you some Scripture for a lot of these. Number one is this. Adjust your thinking for a long-term approach. That is so important. Write that down. Adjust your thinking for a long-term approach. The goal of this approach is greater retention and deeper understanding of God's Word. Write that down if you're taking notes. I'll say it again. The goal of this approach is greater retention and a deeper understanding of God's Word. So as you sit with a single book of the Bible, your knowledge 
of that book will deepen, and watch this, as your knowledge of that book deepens, your interest in that book will deepen. As you understand that book better, your interest in that book will deepen. And as your interest in that book deepens, your love for that book will likely deepen too. So as you read the words and the verses and the chapters, and you're reading it over and over and over again consistently, remember what you're doing. You're taking a long-term approach to understanding and appreciating and applying God's Word. Make sure you have that perspective. Adjust your thinking for a long-term approach. Now, let me give you an illustration. What if, <clears throat> what if I spent every day for the rest of the month of June sitting down with you with a cold Pepsi or a glass of water or tea or lemonade or coffee And every day we sat down for 10 or 15 minutes and we talked. Every day for the rest of this month. But by the time we got to the end of that month, I would know you so much better, wouldn't I? Same principle applies to the Bible. What if you spend 10 or 15 minutes every day letting John talk to you in 1 John, or James talk to you, or Paul talk to you in Philippians, or whatever book you choose. What what if every day you spent 10 or 15 minutes reading the Word of God? If I spend 10 or 15 minutes at least every day throughout the rest of June in the book of 1 John, if I let John talk to me, when I get to the end of of June, I I think I'm probably going to find that John has become a, a trusted friend, an advisor. And the letter that he wrote is going to be familiar and something that I cherish. So let me tell you how this normally, I think, is going to work. If you start with me tomorrow, by the end of the week, if you have read whatever book you choose, and you've read it every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, by the time you get to Friday, you've now read that book five times, by the end of the first week, you're going to have a good working understanding of what's happening in that book. That's the first week. Second week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you read the book each time, each day, in one sitting, all the way through. When you get to the end of the second week, your knowledge of that book is going to deepen and intensify. By the time you get to the third week and the fourth week, you're going to be able to visualize what's in that book. And at the end of the month, in that one book, It'll be like an old friend that you're sad to leave because you have learned so much from that text and from that writer. And the cool thing is you get to choose what book it is. You get to choose what interests you. I mean, do you want to learn about being joyful? Then spend a month in Philippians. If you want, do you want to learn how to, the practical way to live the Christian life? Then spend a month in James. If you want to be sure of your salvation, spend a month in 1 John. If you want to really understand the gospel, spend a month in Galatians. Or spend three months in the book of Romans. Do you want to learn more about the teachings of Jesus? Spend a few months in the book of Matthew. Just, you get to choose. But here's the first point that's so important. Adjust your thinking to a long-term approach. Now, let me tell you why this is important. It is important because 
when you read the Bible, you're reading it to understand it so that you can apply it. You're not reading the, first, the book of 1 John or James or Philippians just to say, I've read it and I've read it 19 times at the end of the month. No. You're reading that book, James or Philippians or 1 John, so that you can understand it, so that you can apply it. You want to be able to know the book and to love the book because you are living the book. Martin Luther said it really well in another century. Martin Luther said, if you picture the Bible to be a mighty tree and every word a branch, I have shaken every one of those branches because I wanted to know what it was and what it meant. So adjust your thinking to a long-term approach. You're going to shake every branch. You're going to read every word multiple times to deepen your knowledge and appreciation of that book and to hopefully live out what that book is teaching. That's number one. Number two, saturate your mind with the text rather than reading devotionally. Let me explain that to you. I'll say it again in case you're taking notes. Saturate your mind with the text rather than reading devotionally. Reading the Bible devotionally is something I've done my entire Christian life. And so I'm not saying anything negative about reading the Bible devotionally. Devotional reading is, is basically reading the Bible mainly to get a kind of a spiritual boost for the day, right? You've got your open windows or you've got uh, some other plan where you read a few verses and you're trying to, maybe it's the soap Bible study method or, or, or maybe uh, you've got some other devotional book and you know they read a couple of verses and they have this little devotion. And, and I've done that for all of my Christian life. And I don't want to disparage that approach at all. Again, if you're reading the Bible, I'm for it. God uses His Word to help people in times of need. And sometimes God re- uses His Word devotionally. To show you that verse that you needed for that day. And you've had those experiences. And I have too. Where it's like, man, I opened the devotion book. Or I opened the Bible or whatever. And it's like, it, it was like God read my mail. Like he knew I needed that verse that day. Right? But. See if you agree with this. When you read the Bible devotionally. You're reading mainly for a lift. Rather than for truth. Mainly. You're looking for a nugget of inspiration to help you through the day. You're looking for that, that one nugget of information that will inspire you or comfort you or direct you. You're looking for a spiritual lift rather than really looking for the truth. Look at Psalm 119. Take your Bibles. Go back to that Psalm we were at this morning. Psalm 119. <clears throat> I want you to find verse 147. Psalm 119, verse 147. The psalmist said, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. So there's a place for saying, Lord, I need an answer. Lord, I need a verse. Lord, I need some help. Lord, I need some comfort. Lord, I I need direction. There's a place for that. And I've done that and encourage you to continue to do it. My point is simply this. Reading the Bible repetitiously has a different intent 
than reading the Bible devotionally. That's the point I'm trying to make. Reading the Bible repetitiously has a different intent. Saturating your mind with a text is simply immersing yourself in a book that you have chosen to read, and you're trying to absorb what's in that book. You're not trying to find a nugget for the day. You're not trying to find a word of encouragement to help me get through the week. The intent is different. You're trying to absorb what's in that book. Let me show you an example. Uh, Find over in the book of uh, Joshua. Book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord, after the death of Moses, the Lord speaks directly to Joshua. He's going to be taking over, uh, filling the shoes of Moses. And one of the things God says to him directly is this in verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Day and night. So that you may be careful. To do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's such an important verse. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Joshua, some of the things that you're going to be reading, it's not for the purpose of you sharing with somebody else. This is something that you need. And you you need to ingest it. You need to absorb it. You need to immerse yourself in the book of the law. In fact, you need to immerse yourself in the book of the law to such a degree that you are meditating on it day and night. And you need to be able to meditate on it day and night for this purpose. What's the purpose? Somebody tell me. Look at the rest of verse 8. What's the purpose of doing this? Yeah. The purpose is this. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You see, the purpose is not just for you to have information. It's not just to know what's in the book. The purpose is for you to live out what's in the book. And he says, then, then, you'll be prosperous and successful. So, choose a book. If you're going to go on this journey with me, starting tomorrow, choose a book. James, Philippians, 1 John. And read it every day and reread it and reread it and immerse yourself in that book. Saturate yourself with the truth that is there. As he says, meditate on it day and night so that you can do everything written in it. Now, sometimes someone may have the question, well, what if I want to read a longer book? How do I do that? That's a very good question. I'm going to give you two answers to that. First of all, you want to read a longer book, uh, <clears throat> try this. Read a longer book, if possible, in that five-day period. In other words, you're not going to read the whole book that day, but you're going to d- divide it by five, and you're going to try to read it in a week. All right? For example, uh, the Gospel of John has 21 chapters. So each day, if you read about four chapters on Monday, and four chapters on Tuesday, and four chapters on Wednesday, four chapters on Thursday, and five chapters on Friday, you would have read through the whole Gospel of John in one week. Now the thing is, don't just stop there, but you're going to do it again the next week. And you're going to do it again the third week, and you're going to do it again the fourth week. And actually, when you're reading through the books like this that are longer, it will probably take you two to three or four months to read them repetitiously 
to get through it multiple times. That's one example. Read a longer book completely in one five-week period. That's one option. If at all possible, take that book, break it down into one five-week, or five-day, rather, five-day week. Here's the second option. Number two is this. Just make up your own plan. You've got total freedom. Just, for example, you may want to read a book and break it up instead of a, a, a one-week, five-day plan, break it up into a two-week, five-day plan. For example, the book of Genesis. Can somebody tell me how many chapters are in Genesis? Fifty. So that breaks up very easily that I could read five chapters a day. First week I would have read 25 chapters. Second week I read five chapters a day and I will have read 25. So I've read the whole book of Genesis in two weeks. And then if, so in, in a month's time, I will have read the whole book of Genesis how many times? And if I did that for four months, I would have read the whole book of Genesis eight times. I am immersing myself into what the text says. Repeated readings is the whole goal. So, for some of you, uh, you've read devotionally for years, and that's wonderful. But if you're honest, some of you would say, you know, I've read devotionally most of my Christian life, but I still don't understand what a lot of these books are about. It's because you've read verses here and there. And again, I'm glad you're reading the Word, and if you're reading devotionally, keep it up. But, in order to understand the Word of God, we have to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Saturate your mind with the text, rather than just reading devotionally. Um... Here's number three. Read to understand. Make understanding and applying the passage your goal. Write that down. Put Put that as underneath it or in parentheses. Make understanding and applying the passage your goal. That my goal is, I really want to understand this book and I really want to apply it. So read to understand. Make applying... The passage, your goal. Let me ask you to go back to First Peter. We were there uh, last Sunday, I think it was. Uh, would you go back to First Peter chapter 2? I want to show you something that we read in that book. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 2, we read, read this, I think it was last Sunday. It says, like newborn babies... What's that next word? Crave. Crave. Long for. Whatever your translation. Like newborn babies. Crave. Pure. Spiritual milk. So that. Notice there's a so that. So that by it. You may grow up. In your salvation. So. So. Make understanding and applying the passage your goal so that you can grow up in your salvation. Now, let me give you some practical things. Just write these down. This is still under number three. Read to understand. Let me give you some practical points, and then we'll move on. I I would suggest to you that the first three or four times that you read through a book, uh, especially if it's a short book, the first three or four times, you should just read the book to get familiar with it. Like, I have read 1 John three times so far. I haven't done anything else with it. I've just read it. 
All right, so I would suggest to you, take the first three or four times and just read the book to get familiar with it. After a few times, then start asking some questions. For example, try to figure out why the author has written the book. So as I'm reading it tomorrow morning, 1 John, and John tells us, by the way, why he wrote that book. That one's very easy. But let's say you're reading the book of James tomorrow morning. And your question, after you've read it three or four times, your question should be, as, you, as you're reading it for the third or fourth or fifth time, you should start asking the question, why did he write this book? What was his purpose? What was he intending to communicate? Why did the author write the book? <clears throat> Number two, second little uh, helpful thing is this. Agonize over the meaning of difficult passages. You, you will likely find on almost any book that you read, something you don't understand. Don't stop there the first time through the book. Don't stop there the second time through the book. And maybe don't stop there the third time through the book. But as you're reading through the book, the fourth or fifth time, somewhere stop and write down some questions. Make some notes about that difficult verse or about that difficult word. And what does it mean? So that on Saturday, when you've got the freedom to study something else, you can dig into that. Uh, the next little tidbit to help you is this. Attempt to figure out how the book is laid out. As you're reading the book multiple times, how is it laid out? You say, well, what do you mean how is it laid out? It's got chapters. Well, I know it's got chapters. But, but there's themes in the book or there's divisions. Uh, for example, Paul's, uh, in, in Paul's writings, he often, the first half of the book was doctrinal stuff. And the second half of the book or letter was often practical Here's how you put into practice what I've taught you. So how's the book laid out? So as you're reading 1 John, or you're reading James, you're reading Philippians, just what's the basic structure? One of the ways to do that, by the way, is to try to write a theme for every chapter. What's the summary of this chapter? If I had to summarize this chapter in one sentence, how would I summarize this chapter? And so again, don't do that your first time, second time, third time through, but after you've read it multiple times, and you're starting to understand what's in each chapter, begin to ask yourself, what's the theme of this chapter? How is the book laid out? <clears throat> so don't be satisfied with just a surface understanding that you've read it. Um, ask questions of the text. But here's the point. Make understanding and applying the passage your goal. Number four, and this one, four, five, and six are going to be shorter. Number four is this. Read aloud some of the times. <clears throat> you're reading the text multiple times. You're reading it each day and every day. Sometimes you need to read aloud. And there's two reasons for that. One is that it will break the monotony of reading something over and over and over. There's something different about reading something aloud. By the way, if you read it aloud, it will take you a little bit longer. Did you know that? You can read it Without saying anything, like, like I, I've been reading First John, I told you it took me nine minutes, then 11 minutes, then eight minutes. Uh, tomorrow, if I were to read it out loud, it, generally it takes about five minutes per chapter when you read something out loud. Unless the chapter is extremely long. In general, it will take about five minutes per chapter. Um, so it will take longer if I read it out loud. But there's something about reading it out loud that gives you a different perspective. So it breaks the monotony. That's one reason to do it. The second reason to read it out loud is because, watch this, listen, it will aid you in understanding 
what the author is saying. There are some times you will wrestle with, what does that mean and why did he say that? I promise you, if you read it out loud, you may have an insight you didn't have by reading it silently. Because your ears hear what your voice is saying. And you be, your, your brain processes what your voice is saying. And sometimes the light bulb will go off. And can I remind you, by the way, can I remind you that some of the letters that were written, especially by the Apostle Paul, were written with the intent of being read out loud. Do you know that? Let me show you an example. Go to Colossians in the New Testament. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians is another good letter that you, or book that you could read. It's only four chapters. I don't know how many verses, but it's a short letter, four, four chapters. So that would be another good one to add to the list. Colossians chapter 4, when Paul gets to the end of this letter, this is what he says in verse 16. <clears throat> After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from the Laodicea. You hear what he said? After this letter has been read to you. They didn't have personal copies of the book of Colossians. How did they know what Paul had to say? A church leader, a pastor, an elder got up and read the letter from Paul to the church. And so one of the ways that would help you, like if I were reading through the book of Colossians, maybe I'll do that one next, but if I were reading through the book of Colossians, I'd read it two, three, or four times, and then one time, at least one time, I would read the whole thing out loud. Because that's the way it was written. It was intended to be read to the church. All right, so that's number, is that number four? Is that three or four? Four, okay, thank you. Here's number five. And this one's so simple, but it, it, and we've talked about this some, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, because we've, I've done some stuff on how to study your Bible, but uh, for some of you, this will be new information. You need to mark your Bible as you're reading it. Now, uh, uh, some of you, I won't mention his, his name, but his initials are Steve Robbins. He's got a Bible that is pristine. Now, he reads his Bible as much as I do. But he does not mark in his Bible. And some of you are like that. And that's okay. I just know what Charles Spurgeon said. Have you ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? Charles Spurgeon said a well-marked Bible is a sign of a well-fed soul. I don't know what it says if you don't have a marked Bible, but I'll just leave that out there. <laughs> All right. But let, let me give Steve and the rest of you some ideas here. If you don't want to mark your Bible, and I respect that, I understand that, Different opinions, I get that. I just have it a little fun. But if you don't want to mark your Bible, in this day and age in which we're living, you can print it out. You, you, you just print out the whole book of Philippians. And you mark it up all that you want to mark it up then. And uh, I likely would do that. I, uh, I've got so many notations in my Bible already, I thought, you know what, I need to just start so that I'm not looking at the notations I already have in First John. I probably I'm going to start with a clean page. I'm going to print out First John so I can mark it up again. All right. So <clears throat> let me give you some ideas on what to mark, and then we'll move on and and complete this. So there, there's only five. So hang on. All right. 
what do I look for? What do I mark? Let me give you some things to mark. Of course, number one, mark key verses. There are certain verses that just stand out, that just leap off the page. And Man, that's, that's an important verse. Mark, underline, however you do it, highlight key verses. Number two, you've heard me say this a lot of times, circle repeated words. Words that are repeated or words that are important. Just remember that. Words that are repeated are words that are important. And I mean by that, important to understanding the text. Uh, number three, you might want to, especially if you're printing it out, you might want to draw lines from this word to that word or this verse to that verse. Drawing lines to concepts and to words and ideas, it helps you see how what he says here really applies to what he said down here. So you can draw lines if you like. Number four, use symbols or shapes around words that are significant. For example, and I don't do this a lot, full disclosure, I don't do this a lot, but I have done it, and I may do it if I print out First John. Uh, for example, some people, for the word Holy Spirit, uh, they, they put like a cloud around the Holy Spirit, so that when you're reading through the text, it's very visual where he's talking in that chapter about the Holy Spirit and how many times he mentions the Holy Spirit. So you might w- want to create certain symbols, and there's all kinds of stuff online where you can get ideas on what kind of symbols to use. And of course, number five is write, mo- write notes that are important to you in the margin. And the notes might be a question that you have, an idea, a- an insight that you've had, but make notes in the margin. Now, again, trying to be as practical as I can, I would suggest that you read through the book at least two times before you make any m- marks or notations. Read through the book at least twice, and here's the reason for that. First of all, if you start on the first time making notes and marks and notations and everything, you're going to get lost in the weeds. Well, I wonder what that word means. And I, well, I mean, secondly, the more you read the book, the better insight you're going to have into the book. So if you just wait until you've read the book three or four or five times, the notations you make on the fifth time might be different than the notations you made the first time. You have more insight now on the fifth time because you've read it more. So just, just a little advice or suggestion there. Uh, <clears throat> for example, I'm not, we're not going to turn there, but in 1 John, I told you I've been reading through that, in, in chapter 1 of 1 John, he repeats the phrase, seen and heard. Seen and heard. He repeats it two or three times in the, in the opening of 1 John. Significant phrase. I would definitely mark that in some way. John uses the word claims a lot in this book. That's a key word in the book. If anybody claims to be a child of God, if anybody claims to walk in the light, he uses that word claims, and I would underline and mark that word. John uses a word that we don't like very much. It's the word liar. And he repeatedly says, you're a liar. If you say this, but you live a different way. And that's a key word. I I would mark that strong word before John says, you're a liar. Or... John, in, in, in uh, 1 John, uses the phrase eternal life. I, I'm, I'll have to confirm this, but nearly every chapter, he uses the phrase eternal life. That significant, significant thing that I would mark in the Bible. Alright, so I want, to close with, I want to close with this question. Pastor, uh, I'm, I'm going to try what you say we should do, or your suggestion. I'm going to find a book, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to read it and... Uh, but, but, you know, I, I'm just kind of ADD, and, and I just have a hard time staying focused on something. And uh, What if I get bored reading the same book every day over and over and over? 
All right, so let me give you five things. These were helpful suggestions. And I've already alluded to this first one, but I want to say it again to underline it, the importance of it. Read one or more chapters aloud. If you find yourself getting bored in the text, read it aloud because your ears will hear what you're saying and your mind will focus more. If you're just trying to skim through, you'll, you'll find because you can read faster, sometimes your eyes can move faster than your brain processes, you'll be reading through and you're not comprehending anything. So if you find yourself doing that, slow down, read it out loud so that your ears and your brain can comprehend what you're reading. Number two, of course this is an easy one, read it in different translations. They're at your fingertips. You can get online, BibleGateway.com. Is it .com, Brad? BibleGateway.com is one example of a website that you can get all kinds of Bible translations uh, and so you can read it in various translations. So the first two or three times you're reading NIV, then you say, well, I wonder how the King James says it. And so you read it the next time the King James. Well, I wonder what the New American Standard says. You read it in that. Or the message translation, you read it in that. You're simply immersing yourself in the truth of God's Word. Number three, read it with someone else. Take turns reading. Like, okay, you read a chapter, not Brad. You read chapter one. And I'll sit here and I'll listen. And then, then I'm going to read chapter two. And then you can read chapter three. That works good if you've got a husband and wife team that's kind of working together on something. Or if you've got a friend that's doing it together. Uh, number four is this, and this won't surprise you either, but listen to the scripture. Again, because you have the phone in your hand, you've got, you've got folks on your phone that will read the Bible to you. Let them read it to you. Again, just try, if you're getting bored, all right? Here's number five, and this is the most important one. What do I do if I'm getting bored? Read it anyway. This is the saturation method of Bible study. So fill your mind with Scripture. The Spirit of God intends to use the book that is in your hand in your life. So read it anyway. And today it may not be electrifying, but get up again tomorrow and read it again tomorrow. And get up again the next day and read the whole book the next day and the whole book the next Just read it anyway because you're saturating yourself in the Word of God. And the last one I'd say is this. If you just get absolutely bonkers and say, I can't read this book again, push the pause button, find the next book to read and take off. You've read First John five times, ten times. That's all you can read it. Okay, that's fine. You've read it ten times. Praise the Lord for that. And you've immersed yourself in that. Now go read James. Uh, the idea is not that you hit a certain goal. The idea is to read the Bible repetitiously for the purpose of understanding it and living it. So if you can only get through First John ten times, then get through First John ten times. Read James as many times as you can read, or whatever book you choose, but read the Bible repetitiously. God intends to take the Word of God to help you become the child of God He wants you to be. And so I want to close with a scripture. <clears throat> I want you to... Um, John 16. This is Jesus speaking. John 16. Now, full disclosure... He is talking to the disciples about the future work of the Holy Spirit. But what He says to them certainly has application to us as well. 
<clears throat> and he says, begin, let's start in verse 12. For John chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit, He didn't just say the Spirit, and He didn't say the Holy Spirit. He referred to the Spirit as what? Spirit of truth. That's an important phrase. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Again, Jesus was speaking directly to the disciples, but the application is for us as well because the work of the Holy Spirit is to illumine. It says in 1 Corinthians 2 that the work of the Holy Spirit is to open our eyes and illumine the Word of God to us. So would you pray with me? Make the book live to me, O Lord. Show me you in those words. Show me my sin and show me my Savior. And make the book live to me. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you tonight.